0: My name is Scott, and uh, for those of you who who don't know me, um, I've been in China here about 17 years. So so I'm kind of one of those people that, wow, he's been here a long time. Why is he here? And um, so they asked me to come and share a little bit. So I thought I'd share a little bit about what I do here in China, and that is I teach English at um, universities. But I teach a, a particular kind of English. I teach phonetics. And a lot of you may wonder, what what is phonetics? We've heard about this. In America, they they talk about it. They've got games about phonics and things like that. Well, all phonetics is is the system by which we speak. It's it's how we use our mouths to make noises. And I teach at a university here in China, um, phonetics to people who want to speak more clearly. And um, one of the things that I've learned in teaching this is We really need to, and we can go to the next part. There we go, yeah. (laughs) Is uh, we need to kind of understand a little bit about the dynamics of the mouth to be able to speak. And so, I don't know, have any of you ever tried learning another language before? Um, You've gone through the joys and pains of this. And so I wanna give you a little bit of a trick to understand, especially for those of you who are learning English or who are learning Chinese. Do you realize that there's a difference between an English mouth and a Chinese mouth? Yeah. Yes. One of the big differences is when we speak English, there's a ton of movement going on. You have this big, wide mouth. And in fact, when I teach my, my students, we actually do some exercises where we're going, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, and we flip the tongue out. It's kind of weird. I almost was going to bring the video to show you and have you do it, but I thought, you guys don't need that much excitement. <laughs> but at the same time, a Chinese mouth I've learned, and this was, in a sense, revolutionary for me to understand Chinese, is that even though the English mouth is big and wide and has a lot of movement, the Chinese mouth tends to be smaller, not a lot of movement, and the tongue stays low and flat. I don't know if you've realized that, but when you go out and you practice Chinese, try, try keeping that mouth like that and see what happens. Well, as I was preparing to, to talk for today, God was saying, there's some parallels here between what you're doing in phonetics and, and how you're living your Christian life. And so I thought I'd share some of the principles I've been learning. And that is like, the, the first part is when we just start out, and you can go to the next one, um, we're really excited about learning a language. We get all excited, we go out and you you use that first word, ni hao, and everyone's so excited. Oh, you speak Chinese so well, (coughs) you are so great. Or my students, they're learning English and they go hello. and you're like, wow, good job. And and there's a lot of excitement and joy and oh, we're learning a lot of new things. In the same way with salvation, when we understand what it's about, and I was really grateful for John and his presentation on communion, where he shared about, this is about forgiveness and completely redemption of our sins. And that is so exciting. The fir- I remember the first time I understood this when I was in college. You mean all these 18 years of things that I've done wrong are, are done away with? Wow, you know, this free gift of salvation. Um, God really brought this home to me a few years ago when we adopted my youngest son, Philip. And if you've ever gone through an adoption before, one of the steps you have to do is a fingerprint test, or a fingerprint check, and a criminal record check. Now, the one for the U.S. is, is pretty hard. Um, we had to fly up here to Beijing. At that time, I was living in a different city, Qingdao. We had to go to Department of Homeland Securities, and they did a digital imaging, and we didn't know for about a month did it take or not. But the one in China was amazing. We went down to the only police station in town that could do our fingerprints, we got out the red fingerprint ink, and we did it. And in 72 hours, they gave me this exciting booklet. And I was really, I was really amazed by it. Because inside of it, it tells, tells me something. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you can read that very clearly. So why don't we do one more flip? And I'm going to zoom in on, on something. And you still can't read that, so I'm going to read it out loud. And it says, this is to certify that Jennings Scott, that's me, male born on... Shema Shema date, now residing at this city on this address, had no record of committing offenses against the criminal law during his residence in China from August 22, 1997 to November 14, 2007. And I got this, and I was floored, because this is exactly what God tells me in Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, it says that God made... A lot, uh, God made me alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. That he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And I realized this is, this is that cancellation of my debt. And, you know, after, at that point, living here ten years, I know I'd done some things wrong. I... I I I know I've broken laws here in this country. You just drive, and you know you've broken laws. Um, But but there's other things, too. And and it was just an amazing example of what Christ is going to give me. When I get to heaven, he's going to give me probably one that's more gold, encrusted and things like that, and just say, Here, Scott, there is no record of any wrong that you have done from eternity past to eternity present and future. And to me, that is just amazing. And that is the excitement we have at the beginning of our Christian faith. Um, Coming back to language, the the problem happens, though, when we start living it out. um, When you go out into the community, you've been studying language for three or four months, you're getting those phrases together, and you go in to buy some xiguo or some other, you know, vegetable or something, and the lady just looks at you. And she's confused. And she pulls out a coconut. And you're just, what, what is going on? I remember my first year teaching in China, um, I told my students, Wa wan xiao mao? And they all busted up laughing. And I'm wondering, why? And apparently, instead of saying, I like cats, I said, I like to barbecue cats. And it, it just really didn't go over. And for my students, it's a very similar way. We can flip to the next one. Um, they get stuck in certain sounds, and um, I don't think we're supposed to be on that one, but that's okay. Um, oh, no, we, yeah, we are, okay. They get stuck in certain sounds, and, and for English um, language learners, especially Chinese background, there's three main sounds that are very challenging, and the first one of those is the V sound, the next one is what we call the zh sound. Um, and then there's a third, the TH, and I'm not going to get into that because it's dealing with sticking your tongue out, and, and we're not going to go there. But when when they're learning these sounds, they're learning from a young age. People are trying to give them the sound, and they're using what they know best. They're using their Chinese mouth and their Chinese mind. People are saying, we're we're watching a movie today, and then they repeat. We're watching a movie today. And they're using what they know best, the sounds that they've learned, to try to repeat it. Or you have the word usual. You know, I usually wear casual clothes on Sunday. Okay? And they will go, I usually, because there's no zh sound in Chinese, and there's no v sound in Chinese. And so the next best thing for them is a w or a y. Same thing with me in Chinese. When I'm trying to say certain sounds, I just can't get it into my head or the intonations. I just, I don't do up at them because I didn't learn them. And I've got these old patterns in, in my life ingrained for language. And the same way, in my Christian life, I've noticed this as well. And um, this happens when, basically, as I'm living out my Christian life, I know that there are certain ways that I'm supposed to live, right? I'm supposed to, to live a clean life, do things right, not get angry, but honestly, I get angry a lot. I, I sin quite a lot, and the world, as, as we look at it, has these expectations of what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. I'm not supposed to touch that. I'm not supposed to look at that. I'm not supposed to get angry. I've got to put on a happy face and just appear that way to others, and we put on these things appearing like what I, what I want to be, but I'm using an old habit, an old pattern. Um, I remember when I was in a taxi ride one time, and I was stuck in traffic, and I knew I was going to be there for about 40 minutes with this guy, and so we just started talking about our lives, and as I was sharing with him, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and this is what I believe, he was like, wow, that's great. I have relatives that are believers. I have friends that are Christians, but I could never become one, and I asked, why? Why do you feel that way? And he said, told me, I've got too much sin, I've done too many wrong things in my life, and I just can't get my life together. And he's thinking of this pattern, that, uh, the, this, this set of rules. We have to live a certain way in order to be a Christian. And you know, he, he started to share some of the things that he had done, and, and honestly, it was pretty heavy. But that's not what living the Christian life is about, of... I've got to clean up my life so that I can appear Christian. Uh, In fact, what happens is, and I found this true in my own life, the more I try to adhere to rules and patterns from my old way, I've got to clean up, I've got to appear this way, I've got to not touch that, I've got to not do that, it actually makes it worse. My mind is so focused on the not doing the thing that I want to do, or the staying away from the thing that I shouldn't be near, that I just get gripped by it. And it actually leads into what we can even call a guilt cycle, where you fight it so hard, and then you fail, and you feel really bad, and then you fight it harder again, and you fail, and it just circles in, and you just get just hammered by guilt in this cycle. But this is not what God is calling us to. Further down in Colossians, at the beginning of chapter 3, he he gives us a a way out of this. And this is understanding what the new pattern is. And we can go to the next one. Um, It says then, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. I think we went too far. Can we go back? No. Yeah. Can we go back one? Ah, good. I'm used to controlling my own PowerPoint. Um, And what I've found is we need to understand what the pattern is that is presented to us. When it's dealing with language, there's this wonderful concept in English called consonant pairs. And if you've ever studied any of this, you realize, wow, this is a huge key to being able to speak the language. In English, um, the, the sound of v, v, is actually paired with the sound f, f, And the sound z in usual, is actually paired to the sound sh. What that means is, we make the sounds with the same muscle movement and the same things happening in your mouth for one of those as with the other. So with the sound F, and I actually do this with my students, we we, we stand up and we talk about where do you put your teeth. Your teeth, they're going to touch the bottom lip, you're going to have no movement whatsoever, and you're going to (sighs) blow. And we experience that. (laughs) And they feel the feeling. And we say, okay, next step, the consonant pair, what it means is you've got one that's unvoiced and one that's voiced. And so we add in a sound. We put the teeth on the lip, we blow, but we add a voice to it okay and then um, I get them to pull out you have to kind of do some tricky things with them to get them to practice it. so you pull out your keys and you pretend you're a car <laughs> <laughs> And it's getting them to experience that that feeling what is it like to produce that new sound and to realize that that they know the F sound from Chinese, and if they can make that connection in their brain, that really that V sound is the same as the F with a voice, they can make it more clear. And in the same way with the Z, it's just the voiced form of the SH sound. And so then they can move from, let's go watch a movie together to, let's go watch a movie. And you give them some certain tricks with that. in the same way, in my Christian life, God is telling me those old patterns of trying to live out my life in my old way, it's not working for me. I'm never going to get it better doing the old way. I'm never going to make that sound right just by listening and trying to make it. I have to know the pattern. And this pattern is taking my eyes off of the rules and taking my eyes off of the sin and putting them on Christ and, and lifting my eyes up. How does this work itself out? This is a lot of what Rick is calling abiding. And how do, he he goes further in Colossians 3, talking about a stripping off of the old and a putting on of the new. And it's kind of like that pulling off the Chinese mouth and putting on the English mouth or taking off the English mouth, putting on the Chinese, depending on which language you're going to. Um, One really big example that comes to my mind regarding this was something that happened about 10 years ago maybe 15 years ago, and like all married couples, I got in a big fight with my wife, Elaine, and I was really, really worked up. Um, I don't know if any of you ever get in a fight like that, but but I I was just so worked up. I I was worked up so much, I I was deciding, I'm gonna, I gotta get out of here. I, I was getting ready to put on my coat and just walk out the door and just take a walk for all and just clear my head, and as I'm sitting there putting on my coat, God Talk to me, and he said, "Scott, you're you're pretty mad right now," and I said, "God, yeah." He's like, "Wow, um, Elaine really did some things to 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 hurt you. You're your, your feeling." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm ignoring the fact that I did anything to hurt her because I'm so so right in my own eyes." Um, it's like, "Wow, she. It's kind of like she owes you like a couple hundred dollars or something." I'm like. No, no, this is, this is a big one. This is like 500 bucks or something. You know, this is, this is a, big, a big thing here. He's like, yeah, I, I, can, see, I can see that you are really feeling that, that weight of that debt that she owes you. And then he kind of reminded me of, of this, this chart here, the certificate he had given me. He said, remember, remember what we did before when... That you know, pretty much billions of dollars that, that you owed me and and what I did with that. And and I was just floored. I'm like, God, you are you are so right. How what am I thinking? My wife, maybe she she has a little bit of a debt towards me, but but you have forgiven me a far more. How dare I approach my wife in this manner? And That sat with me so much, just understanding what forgiveness of my sins means in terms of me living it out, and how that mindset of putting on Christ in an attitude of being forgiven and being able to forgive impacted me so strongly that even now, even though we get into fights, that still always comes into my mind of, I have been forgiven so much, therefore I can put on a different kind of love when I approach my wife or when I approach other people. And so as I find myself living out the Christian life, I realize that, that we need to stop thinking about how am I going to fight this, and instead, how am I going to live it out, putting on Christ on a daily basis? When I'm um, getting ready to sin, I know that those rules, those expectations, those things that I want to put on my mind or put on my life are not going not to work. But instead, if I can turn my heart and focus on Christ, and allow his love and his forgiveness to once again renew me, I can overcome. I can live it out. Or, as often happens, if I've already sinned, I can confess, and I can experience his forgiveness and my wife's forgiveness, or others I've sinned against, once again. In some ways, this is preaching the gospel to myself on a regular basis, daily, reminding myself that, that How I live now in the Christian life is just like when I received it. It was by faith then when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And just now, too, it's by faith and not by the things that I can do. So this is the word that I wanted to share today. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the salvation that we have in Christ and how he died to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I also thank you, Lord, that we don't need to live out our Christian life on our own strength, but instead, we have your power, we have you, and what you have done for us to empower us to live out living the Christian life in love. I pray that you would help us to continue to look up to you, to be filled with your spirit, and to abide in you as we live out and and show love to each other as well as follow you. I lift this in your name, Jesus. Amen.